Hello, this is Brother Kapow from the Kapow Radio Show podcast. Once again, coming to you with a little thoughts on a lot of things. Look at last week, I made the mistake of sitting in front of the television and I uh, got on cable. This is funny because I never watch news at all. But I, I got on cable and I was just going through, uh, you know, all these mindless, endless, you know, shows. I mean, nothing caught my attention. And I happened to land on Fox News. And uh, when, I, when I did watch some news, I used to enjoy uh, Tucker Carlson. And there he was. And I just landed on it. And there was a video of... Of sloppy Joe Biden, our our kooky, our kooky meat puppet, <laughs> you know, illusionary president. There he was, and he was kind of he was walking off the podium, and he had just got done saying something, and I didn't catch it. And then uh, Tucker says that Joe Biden just announced that he had cancer, and um, so. Because I didn't catch the whole spiel, and I was just passing through, I thought that the man really had cancer, and um, and so Tucker was saying that he didn't believe Joe was suffering from cancer, but suffering from dementia, and um, so anyway, I thought, well, that you know, that's a big deal, you know, that he would announce. You know, that he has some kind of cancer and blah, blah, blah. And then I passed on and I couldn't take it no more. And, you know, I went to Prime Video and, and watched something else. And so then the next day, Linda and I, we go out to lunch and we're, we're um, at a restaurant and they have the TVs on. And one of the TVs that's facing me is Fox News. And... There's the video of the meat puppet, Joe walking around, and all they keep talking about is COVID. Joe has COVID. Joe has COVID. Joe has COVID. Joe's got COVID. He tested positive for COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. And that's all they talk about. And I'm thinking, what happened to the cancer? You know, it's the cancer is much, you know, cancer is a big deal. You know, what's what's with the COVID thing? And it took me a while to realize that the goofy guy said that he had cancer rather than COVID. And I thought, well, that's an honest mistake when you're a, a meat puppet. They both start with a C. I mean, he could have just as, as well said he had chicken pox. That starts with a C. So I guess he, does, he doesn't have cancer, but he had he had COVID. He tossed, tested positive for COVID. And then it goes on and on. And even Fox News is like, man, you know, give it a rest. On and on and on about how this guy's got COVID. And what was interesting is... Um, his symptoms were a cough. This is what I what I was reading on the, on the screen was a cough and sniffles. And I'm thinking, well, that sounds more like a cold, kind of a summer cold, than than a flu. Cough and sniffles. But what got me is that they said he's uh, super vaccinated, twice vaccinated, and it has all the boosters. I, I guess like there's three boosters or something. I'm not sure, but it, he has the whole kit and caboodle. And uh, he still got sick. He still got COVID. And it was like, I thought, well, last week I just got done ranting and raving about my dog's rabies shot. You know, if my dogs get rabies, they get a shot for Bordetella. 
DHLP, whatever. They get a shot for kennel cough. They don't get those diseases. Like dog doesn't get rabies. They don't get, you know, they take a heartworm medicine. They don't get heartworm. Because the vaccinations uh, are supposed to prevent these kind of things, you know. Just like when you know, I was a kid, we took the polio shots and, and all those, those things. So how in the world, you know, could this guy be fully vaccinated to the max, all the boosters, everything that a presidential meat puppet would, would take and have and then still get sick? And I'm thinking to myself, isn't that a case for the vaccines not working? I mean, are they sure that's the message they want to put out? And I'm thinking, why Why are they putting this out? The only thing I can think of is, is you know, to, to get the, the vaccine and the boosters out there and, and make sure everybody's buying into Pfizer, Pfizer or whatever. And, and, you know, and, you know, billions and billions of dollars going into these pharmaceutical, you know, corporations and giants and. You know, I don't think I can think of why they would put something so silly out when it clearly says the vac- vaccinations don't work or else he wouldn't have got sick. Now, obviously, they're going his symptoms are a cough and sniffles. And if he hadn't been vaccinated, he'd be dead. Right. That's always the excuse. Uh, once again, you know, last week I in- I purposely put the word COVID in the title of my show. I put um, rabies versus COVID or something like that. And I did it on purpose just to see if the robots would then uh, come out in mass and attack me. And they did on Spotify. So this is I have three shows in a row that have the little disclaimer that, um, you know, click here for real COVID information. I clicked that little thing and their podcast on COVID and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, well, how do they know what I'm saying isn't the truth? How do they know what I'm saying isn't repeating them, you know, just because I say COVID, I think doesn't mean I'm anti-vaccination. I mean, how do they know these things? I don't know. So I guess if you're just not, you're not part of the club, if you're not part of the Serpent Seed Club, you know, the Sons of Darkness, you know, group, you know, you're out or whatever. But, you know, I know I don't irritate them because there's nothing to irritate. They're just robots. But anyway, three... (laughs) Three, I guess three or four in a row, I get the COVID things uh, on Spotify. I don't know other deals. I only look at Spotify. I don't even look at iTunes a whole lot. But when I did go to Apple, they didn't put that little stupid disclaimer on there. I know YouTube would. If I still uh, put the podcast out on YouTube, they they would put, uh, you know, a little truth thing. And obviously Facebook does too. It's so annoying. Anyway. Um, I'm not here to talk about COVID. We all know what what that's all about. So I made the mistake last week of watching news <laughs> briefly. And then the next day, uh, I see it at the restaurant. And it, the, the level of stupidity was just overwhelming. It was just incredibly overwhelming to watch this little meat puppet guy go back and forth. Just, just, just a meat suit i mean come on you know you can almost you can almost see jeff durham's hand you know in his back you know mouth on him like walter you know this guy ain't making decisions you know he ain't doing anything there's there's a whole shadow government running this clown show 
And this is the best they got to put up there. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculously sad. The state of the world today is ridiculously sad. And, um, you know, I have run across some people in the last week or so that uh, are not dull and they do see things differently and basically said, if, you know, if, if this country wants to do those lockdowns again and forced mandates and all this stuff, they're just not going to play. They're just not going to go along with it. And I agree, you know, just live your life, do what you're going to do and plow through it. But to let them put the fear on you every moment of the day is just a ridiculous, ridiculous clown show. So then having seen that, I run across this great quote by H.L. Mencken. And uh, those who may not know who H.L. Mencken was, his name was Henry Louis Mencken, uh, Mencken M-E-N-C-K-E-N. I, I think I'm pronouncing it okay. I'm not sure. Mencken. He was an American journalist, he, uh, essayist, satirist, he was a critic of the culture and, and he was a scholar of American English. He commented widely on the social scene, literature, music, prominent politicians, and contemporary movements. Sounds like our kind of guy, right? And uh, he got famous for reporting on the Scopes trial, which he dubbed the Monkey Trial. Anyway, he was born in uh, 1880 and he died in 1956 in Baltimore, Baltimore Maryland. And that's what he did. He was a journalist. So anyway, he has some great quotes. And I ran across ran across this quote that went with the show, the the, the very first show I did in six months here recently called um, Dullness Abounds. You know, and I just talked about all these dull humans around us that were just not necessarily unintelligent. You know, there's some really bright, intelligent people, but they just you know, buying this crap hook, line, and sinker and just living in fear and they're just dull and they can't, they can or they won't. They refuse to see the truth. You know, there's, there's a scripture that Paul talks about in Romans and it says that because, and he's talking about humans, because they refused to love the truth, God turned them over to a reprobate mind. So he, Paul's writing about humans who just refuse. They just absolutely refuse to love the truth. They won't love the truth. Now, truth only comes from one source, and that's from the creator God. Truth can't come from any other source. Man, it's impossible for mankind, humankind, to create truth. And certainly angelic beings can't create truth. And, you know, the earth can't create truth. It can only come from one source, and that's from the creator God. So when you reject truth, not just religious truth, when you just reject truth, you're rejecting that thing from God. And so Paul writes about that and says, because of that, God himself, God himself turns these people over to a reprobate mind. Their mind becomes dull, becomes stupid. And, it, you know, it's been going on for thousands of years. So, it, you know, it's nothing new. It's just, I live in this time. And so, um, I want to do my little HL Minkin Kapow radio show and, and comment on it. So the dullness. So 
I run across this quote, and it reminds me of that show that I did about dullness. And here's what H.L. Minkin said. He says, Indeed, it may be said with some confidence that the average man never really thinks from end to end of his life. There are moments when his cogitations are relatively more respectable than usual, but even at their climaxes, they never reach anything properly describable as a level of serious thought. The mental activity of such people is only a mouthing of cliches. What they mistake for thought is simply a repetition of what they have heard. My guess is that well over 80% of the human race goes through life without having a single original thought. That is to say, they never think anything that has not been thought before and by thousands. So, so I read that and I went, holy cow. You know, I mean, you talk about dullness. And here's a guy who's who's nailing that, you know. I mean, he's he's speculated at his time, 80% of the people don't don't give serious serious thought to the end of life. Life and death. Um and that's why later on, you know, when I get done talking about this stuff, I, I want to go over the resurrection. Because that's some serious thought. It won't take long. But just to put us all in the right mind, mind, mindset that there's some serious thought here. And it's not cliches, and we're not repeating what we learned in church. We're talking truth that only comes from the Creator God. That's wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom, is when you fear God. So... I'm going to get on with that, but before I'm going to, I'm going to read a couple of, of his other quotes that are unrelated uh, to this, but they're, but they're, <laughs> they're very good. They're very good. This is one quote that I really like. This was on um, politics. He says, as democracy is perfected, the office of president represents more and more closely the inner soul of the people. On some great and glorious day, the plain folks of the land will reach their heart's desire at last, and the White House will be adorned by a downright moron. <laughs> and that day has come, folks. Uh, and that day has been here over and over again. One more quote. One more quote. Um, let's see. He says, um, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Think about that. Isn't that amazing? Keep people in fear. Keep them just an Endless. Oh, now we got monkeypox. Now we got COVID. Now we got N five three one. Now we got Omicron. Now we got Delta. Constantly. Oh my gosh! Russia, Ukraine, the Chinese. Now, nah, 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 gas. Nah, nah, constantly. And then they come. Order out of chaos. They come with the solution, and the solution is 
Just keep serving me, keep reelecting me, keep paying me, keep giving me power over your lives, and all will be well. Right? Okay, so that's my thought on that and how I tie it into uh, a great delusion that's sent on them, right? So let's go over some resurrection. I think this is going to be interesting, but before I do, let's take a short commercial break and then I am going to read to you about the resurrection. Very short. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Uh, Ignatius was imprisoned in Rome and he was going to be killed for his faith. And he didn't quite know if he was going to be thrown to the beast, burn at the stake, uh, cut asunder with the sword, um, you know, how he was going to die, but he was going to trial. And, uh, and he just, he wrote a lot of letters during that time to these churches. One, one of the letters he wrote was to the church that was in Rome. And that was kind of interesting to read because he begged them not to interfere and intercede in the judicial proceedings because he was actually looking forward uh, to being with the Lord. And um, it's incredible when you think about a man writing from that perspective that he's in prison, he's in bonds, he knows he's gonna die for his faith uh, in belief in the Messiah that comes from Yahweh, the truth of Messiah. And yet he's writing these epistles and letters to these churches, encouraging them to stay in the faith and, uh, you know, to, to live rightly before the Lord and different things. And it's, it's quite amazing when you think about that, that there were people back then that had that kind of moxie, that kind of strength you know to to do that uh, as a as opposed today to the weakness that uh, we all are so this that's ignatius so he, he opens a letter and i'm going to read the whole thing that's this whole chapter because it's really beautiful he opens it up he says ignatius who was also called theophorus to the church of god the father and of the beloved jesus christ which god hath mercifully blessed with every good gift, being filled with faith and charity, so that this is wanting in no gift, most worthy of God and fruitful in saints, the church which is at Smyrna in Asia, all joy through his immaculate spirit and the word of God. I glorify God, even Jesus Christ, who has given you such wisdom, for I have observed... 
I have observed you as, check this out. This is so beautiful, folks. I have observed you as settled in an immovable faith as if you were nailed to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, both in the flesh and in the spirit. <laughs> Let me stop there. Is, I mean, let's really ponder that, that writing right there. He's commending this church because they're settled in an immovable faith. In other words, they're not double-minded. They're not wishy-washy. They're not chasing after the things of the world. They're not trying to make their mind up if, you know, if Christ is the Messiah, if this is, uh, you know, the, the path that they want to go to be the servants of God. They were immovable in their faith. And when he says this, he says, as if you were nailed to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, both in the flesh and the spirit. If you were nailed to a cross, you're not going anywhere. You're immovable. And I think that metaphor is, is really beautiful when you think about that, you know, nailed to the cross as if you were nailed both in body and spirit. You're not going to go anywhere. You'd be immovable. So I'll continue. And are confirmed in love through the blood of Christ, being fully persuaded of those things which relate unto our Lord, who truly was of the race of David, according to the flesh, see, but the Son of God, according to the will and power of God. Truly born of the Virgin and baptized of John, that so all righteousness might be fulfilled in him. Now that is a beautiful, succinct statement of our Lord, of our Messiah. Beautiful, succinct statement, gorgeous. He was also truly crucified by Pontius Pilate and Herod the Tetrarch, being nailed for us in the flesh by the fruits of which we are, we are, even by his most blessed passion, that he might set up a token for all ages through his resurrection to all his holy and faithful servants. Let me uh, go over that. That he might set up a token means that he might set up a sign, a an omen, a signature, a token, something to look at, a monument to all of his holy and faithful servants. And that token was his resurrection. Okay, that token is him rising from the dead in the flesh. He's the first fruits of that. Now, you got to keep in mind before Christ, the Old Testament spoke of resurrection. In fact, uh, there's that place in Daniel, I believe it's chapter 12, where God tells Daniel that when he dies, at, you know, at the end, he'd be buried with his fathers and then, you know, resurrected in the end. And even in Jesus's day, the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And Jesus um, said they were ignorant of the scriptures because of that. So before that, you really didn't have a token. You didn't have a sign. It was just, it was prophesied and written in the words of uh, the law and things like that. And then Christ's resurrection is the sign, and it was the big token for all of us that the resurrection is in fact real and true, and he was the first fruits, and the rest of us are gonna follow in like matter, being resurrected in the flesh, the body flesh. Now don't think it's the body you're living in right now. Don't look down and go, I'm gonna keep this thing. 
because Paul talks about the different types of flesh. He talks about the seed going to the ground as seed and then coming up something totally different, right? It's still the plant, but it's a t- different way the plant uh, is is seeded and grown. So it's a, a body that God gives us and not this corruptible body. So don't worry about you know whether you're going to be buried or cremated or eaten by wild animals or um you know down in the bottom of uh the ocean in a shark's belly because in the resurrection uh, you will resurrect into a spiritual body a body a of flesh that god has made for you all right uh, those who don't resurrect in christ are bound to be disembodied spirits. They are they will be mere spirits, weak mere spirits. And then um, of course judgment and everything follows, but they will not have that kind of um, immortality and eternal life that you will have in faith in Christ. All right. So it was a sign to all the ages, whether they be Jews or Gentiles in one body of his church. You like that? In one body of his church, Jews or Gentiles. Just, uh, uh, Ignatius is really big about unity and not being divisive and having, you know, um, you know, a bunch of churches uh, under the same God, same baptism, same Messiah. He was really big on unity. Now, all these things he suffered for us that we might be saved. And he suffered truly as he also truly raised himself, and not, as some unbelievers say, that he only seemed to suffer, they themselves only seeming to be, uh, and there's a footnote there, Christians. So they're not even Christians. If you believe Christ didn't really suffer, he just appeared to suffer, but he really didn't suffer. (laughs) So, um, and then he goes on, he says, as they believe, so shall it happen to them. When they are divested of the body, in other words, when they die, they shall become mere spirits. They won't be in the resurrection because they're unbelievers. So I don't make this stuff up. But I know that even after his resurrection, he was in the flesh. And I believe that he is still also. This is key and foundation of basic doctrine. This is what gives us hope. This is why we can see, you know, a flesh, a meat puppet like Joe Biden in the White House and all the crazy stuff of the world going on. And, um, you know, though it's concerning and stuff, but not to be fearful and too alarmed by it because, you know, your hope, your hope is not here. Your hope is in eternal life. You are a spirit you are a spiritual being created by Yahweh. God is the Lord of spirits. He, he's the Lord of spirits. He creates all spirits. All spirits emanate from him. And when he creates a spirit and it enters into a woman's womb as a fetus and life is given unto it, it becomes a living soul. That spirit is made from God. When that fetus dies at whatever age it could it could die as a as an old person but at some point it dies on this earth that spirit that god created then returns to him you understand those of us who believe in messiah for eternal life will be resurrected and get a spiritual 
dwelling place. We will have a body of flesh, but not like this corruptible flesh. It'll be eternal, immortal, and forever will reign with Christ in heaven. That That is the hope of our glory. And I think a lot of times we forget that. We miss that point. And Ignatius goes on, he says, And when he, talking about Jesus, came to those who were with Peter, he said unto them, Take, handle me, and see that I am not an incorporeal um, spirit. And straightway they felt and believed, being convinced both by his flesh and his spirit. For this cause they, talking about Peter, and the apostles despised death and were found to be above it. In other words, because they actually saw Christ resurrect in a body, and Christ says, handle me, touch me, look at me, and he, they could feel that he was not a ghost. He wasn't just a, a, a demon, a spiritual thing floating around, but that he actually had a tangible body. They were, Ignatius says, being convinced both by his flesh, both at the fact that he was in a body and by his spirit. And then it says, for this cause, they despise death. That means for this cause, they weren't afraid to death. They weren't afraid to be hung on a cross or burned at a stake or fed to a wild animals to tear them apart or to die by the sword or... Uh, you know, to be made uh, lamps to light Nero's garden. Uh, they, they, they weren't afraid to suffer and die for this because they actually saw the, the man they were walking with for those years that revealed to them that he was in fact the son of God and one with the father, God made flesh, was finally totally revealed and that token that sign was totally shown them in such reality that they actually got to feel that god-given body that god-given flesh and his spirit and it was so convincing that they would preach the gospel regardless of being threatened with death it was for this cause they despised death and were found to be above it. They were above death because of the resurrection. And you will see that that's why that gospel spread the way it did because there, there were these men and women who had this, this kind of faith that had walked with Christ and seen him and then bam, uh, they see that resurrection. Knowing Christ was the first fruit and they for sure would follow in the future and were in that lineage. And blessed are we that even believe because we haven't handled Christ and touched him and yet still believe. So that's a good thing. But after his resurrection, he did, talking about Jesus, he did eat and drink with them. And that's true. When you read the gospel, gospel accounts, he, he was eating and he drank with them as he was flesh although as to his spirit his spirit now he was united to the father 
right? So that's it. That's uh, that's just you know chapter chapter one of uh, the letter to the Shmerians from Ignatius. It's just um, beautiful. All his letters, I really find um, really beautiful. His 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 writing is very. You know, I don't, really, don't use the word poetic, but it comes off very, very poetic um, and meaningful. So I, I just want to leave everybody with that, that uh, we do live in a crazy world and um, it's um, it deserves to be mocked and ridiculed because it's, it's silly and stupid. And the clowns, the spiritual clowns that are running these human clowns it's just one big carnival clown show and because they reject truth they have dull empty stupid minds and that's what you got to deal with but we also got to keep our focus on the truth we we have to love the truth we don't want a reprobate mind we don't want to be rejected we don't want to be denied so we have to keep our focus on the truth not just in religion or saying that you're a Christian, but in real faith, real faith. Faith is not just a word about religion. Faith is an unwavering belief of things that you can't prove, things you haven't seen, nail prints that you haven't touched, flesh of a Messiah that you haven't felt, and yet you believe that you too will be part of a resurrection when you become disembodied that God will not leave you disembodied but you will inherit eternal life to live with him forever because you faith in his word you faithed in him and didn't go after and serve other gods that are not gods it's really that simple of a gospel so let's ponder that. Let's ponder the resurrection. We don't have to wait to Resurrection Sunday to do it. Let's really ponder it. And we'll talk to you next week.